Squad. Welcome to the Big Guts Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Commissioner Jay. Welcome you back to another great fantasy football season for 2022. And we are just about a few days away from the Big Guns Fantasy Football Draft this Monday, August 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I know owners are starting to open up their phones, their computers, their cheat sheets, and formulating a strategy or at least familiarizing themselves with some of the players that are going to be available in this year's draft. I know when I look at the multiple mock drafts that I've had that I'm probably more confused now than I was when I first started. So many players, so many different strategies. Now, I understand the ADPs of most of the players, where they should go. And I think really when you look at how people draft, you know, the strategies, again, are they going to go a zero running back strategy? They're going to go all wide receivers from the get-go. It's going to be all quarterbacks. Because this year in this league, it's a super flex IDP PPR league. So a lot of teams have a lot of things to consider. A lot of points coming from the quarterback position individual draft positions, first time coming into the league. So how is that going to play a part? Uh, PPR, which is something that we've always had. So how do you pick? What do you what do you put more onus on? Do you put it on the quarterbacks? Do you put it on running backs that seem to have uh, less talent uh, deeper into the draft? Always seems like you can find more wide receivers later on, but running backs is kind of a tough spot. And think that really where uh, some of these teams, uh, when they start to draft, they put so much emphasis on pick number one. And if, if they don't get a guy in pick number one, or, or even their first round draft pick gets injured, they're like, my season's over. And I really think that drafts are not made by the first round draft pick. I think drafts are made in rounds three through five. And I think that's when you put together the anger of your team and you start to develop a little bit of an identity for your team. A lot of, uh, a lot of owners uh, will tell you that the first overall draft pick is probably one of the worst spots to pick in. There's not many owners that I know that have seasoned themselves in the fantasy football realm that will tell you that they like the first round draft pick spot. They're gonna tell you, you know, I would rather have something a little bit later. Let somebody else take that overall pick. And this year, again, you look at some of the top players that are out there and, you know, the names of, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Najee Harris, Joe Burrow. I mean, the names are there and there's a lot of different ways that you can look at how these teams are going to fare this year. And you have some people that say, hey, look, Jonathan Taylor is the consensus overall pick. Some people will say, hey, Josh Allen is is the GOAT. He's going to be the guy. Um, some people say, hey, listen, Patrick Mahomes has, you know, so much in the tank still, and he is going to be the guy. Kansas City is a bona fide winner. Some people say, look, Jamar Chase, PPR League, this guy just catches balls, he gets big yards, he gets double points. Uh, Justin Jefferson toting on social media that he is going to be the guy. So everybody has a different way, a different argument that they can say for their players. And it's cool because, again, 
I don't think there is a, a wrong answer when you're picking your first round draft pick. I think what makes sense and I think what is super important is what you pick after the fact. And again, if you pick a, a wide receiver first, are you going to go quarterback and running back and kind of round out each position? Or are you going to go heavy to having a strong wide receiver core or, you know, different ways? And it's often interesting after the draft, talking to owners and asking them, hey, what was your thought process? How did you come about this? Did you just go into the draft as other players took players, you just kind of took as it came to you? Or did you have a tiered out strategy of how you were going to go into it? And, you know, certain owners said, hey, my cheat sheet said, you hear those kind of owners, you hear some guys saying, look, you know, this guy was in my tier. I took him. The other have other guys that say, hey, look, I reached for this player. And this player, you know, was perfect for my for my team. So it's often interesting, um, the dance afterwards and how people are trying to explain how they drafted their team. You know, you have some owners that say, look, I did zero draft prep. I'm just here. Uh, I'm going to make it do with, you know, what I have. And I'm going to craft my team through free agency and trades to get it where I want to. I think that's cool because some owners, again, will draft a team and they'll hold on to that team like it's the Holy Grail. They will not trade. They will not make any free agent pickups unless there's a major injury. And they're saying, look, this is my guy. I drafted him for a reason. I'm not going to get rid of him. I have to see what he's going to do. And again, there's no wrong answers because again, if that's how an owner feels about his team, great. And you have the other owners saying, look, I'm going to monopolize the quarterback position or the wide receiver position or the running back position. Last year, somebody took three kickers. I mean, it happens. And again, there's no wrong way to do it as long as you can change uh, the strategy and you can kind of call audibles throughout the season and kind of put together uh, a strategy after the fact. And everybody talks about when they make their pick, they stand by that player. That player, I took that player because he's the best player. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I know this year, uh, the way that the draft has gone, there's some owners that that I've drafted with for for some years. And I know that somebody good is not going to get left for me. There's not going to be any meat on the bone. I'm going to get what I'm going to get. And I know in a snake draft on the way back, they may get somebody that I really, really want. So I know it's going to be a back and forth type thing. So I have to be really, really good at the players that I pick in the positions. Do I want to play defense, draft a player so another guy doesn't get it so it doesn't round out his team? I know there's some owners out there that would probably do that. Now, the strategy of monopolizing, say for instance, taking two, three, four quarterbacks uh, may hurt them in the running back, the wide receiver, and the tight end position, but it may cripple another team that doesn't have a number one quarterback in their position. So does that owner hold these quarterbacks on his backup bench roster and just say, hey, look, I'm going to hold them there because he's going to have more value for me sitting on the bench? Or... Am I going to try to wheel and deal for players down the road because I have bona fide four starting quarterbacks? And I think that's pretty cool because 
again, with there being no wrong answers, a lot of owners uh, will will do stuff like that. And I, I know there are some owners out there that certainly don't feel that there's, um, you know, a, a strategy that way where you're going to take these quarterbacks and when you take them, um, you know, you're like, I'm going to trade. Some owners just don't trade. And some owners are stuck putting together uh, a team and, and they never get a chance to move those players. So they constantly have this four starting quarterbacks. Who do I start? Is it the hot hand approach? And that's a hard thing as well, because again, I know that when I draft, uh, if I take, you know, three or four good running backs and I can only start two unless I put one in a flex position, I'm constantly saying to myself, well, all right, let's take a look at the matchup. Let's take a look at the home and away. Let's take a look at the weather. Let's look at all the the mitigating factors and, and let me see if I can take them. So, you know, the one year I took, again, these four stud running backs, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to put these guys in position. So today I'm going to, I'm going to have to sit at least one, possibly two players. And when I went into that spot, um, a lot of times I picked the wrong player. The other guy went off for 130 yards, three touchdowns. And this guy had, you know, 14 yards and two catches. And you're kicking yourself because you're like, which guy is the best guy? So I think when you take those stud running backs, you're always questioning yourself. Same thing with wide receivers or quarterbacks. So, you know, um, I always like to take a look at the draft position and say, this is my starting quarterback. This is my guy. And outside of a bye week or an injury, he's going to be starting. There's no question about it. This is where I'm going to be. And my number two quarterback will be a guy that I know has great value, but if I had to rank them, he would be the number two guy. No question. It makes it easier for me. But again, it doesn't always work that way. There's a lot of people um, that will, will go with that hot hand approach. Again, always playing the the matchup, the weather, uh, looking at the offensive coordinator to see if he's a run first guy, a pass guy, is he a defensive guy? Um, is, is great when you start to look at the depth and you start to kind of peel back the onion and look at really what these teams are doing. But it doesn't always translate that way. You know, we look at players that get drafted based on, you know, there's so many people out in the social media and podcasts and fantasy cheat sheets and um, websites that are all have different takes. And everybody wants to get a hot take. Everybody wants to put a player out there that nobody's talking about. And at the off chance that they may hit, and if they hit on that player, they say, look, I have fantasy validity. I said this guy was going to do good on the off chance that he does. So it's very easy. I know myself, I'm constantly consuming information. I'm watching podcasts. I'm reading blogs. I'm reading, you know, magazines. I know who does that anymore, right? But constantly going in and trying to soak up as much information. The problem is there's so much varying views and opinions and it really, really muddies the waters. And I think that if you are doing your draft prep and you're getting ready for the fantasy football season to go to 14 to 15 different sites, which I've done and try to put together this, this strategy. Um, you're going to hear 
you know, one fantasy football publication that says, hey, this is the way that you should go. And these guys, some guys are, are, are from a city. You know, they're from Philadelphia. So, of course, they're going to have a little bit more validity for the Philadelphia Eagles players. Um, they're more biased. If you're in Buffalo, hey, you know, Buffalo Mafia, uh, the Bills are, are playing at a high, high level. So a lot of people, and we're from Buffalo, and um, so, again, a home-based homer league, there might be more owners that are going to take players at a higher ADP because we're in Buffalo. Uh, it doesn't always have to be the case, but it can be. So there's a lot of things that you can look at and uh, take into consideration. But you have to look at it from the point of view that when you're putting together um, your team, um, you have to have some kind of strategy, some kind of take. Um, I have some owners that will go in and say, look, I'm taking the best available and I'm going to wheel and deal and move them around uh, if I need to. And that's okay. You can do that. Um, Again, uh, putting in a, a serviceable lineup each week. Again, in the head-to-head schedules, um, you know, you're often looking at those owners and seeing what they're going to take later on. So again, you may be able to just go player to player and take out your advantage that way, um, saying, hey, look, this guy doesn't have a really great quarterback, but I do. So advantage me. You look at the running back situations, it's kind of a wash. If I have more tight end depth, so there's a lot of different ways. Now, again, a lot of owners may not do this. A lot of owners may not, you know, put in any kind of uh, strategy like that. They may just actually just put a lineup in devoid of what the other owner is doing and just say it is what it is. And that's okay too. But again, how much draft prep do you do? Again, I know I have friends of mine that are like, hey, look, um, you know, it's Thursday uh, before the draft, and I'm just kind of kind of perusing names. Um, I don't even know where some of these players went via free agency, so I got to familiarize myself. And then you're thinking to yourself, well, this, this owner is going to do terrible. I mean, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. And then later on in the year, they have a phenomenal record in fantasy. You just don't know because, again, that's why they play the game. And every week, there's an injury or a different strategy or a weather that takes hold. And, uh, you know, anybody can win on any given week. And no matter how much statistics and how much coach speak you hear, you can always have a different outcome. So you have to understand that and you have to look at it that way. Uh, but have fun with it. That's the biggest thing in, in leagues. I think so many people are so serious. And believe me, I take fantasy football very serious. I enjoy the camaraderie. I like the smack talk. Um, I like the trades or the lack, the lack of give and take. Um, I like the the free agent wire looking and seeing you know what players are going to be available, and uh, you know I, I do. I'm a lot more versed in other players, in most players in the National Football League because of fantasy football. I know for hockey, and I've done some fantasy hockey, and I've done fantasy baseball, but I've really primarily just changed over to fantasy football, and that's all I do. But because I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, I basically know the Buffalo Sabres. So from a fantasy perspective, you know, I I just, I don't know. I don't know these players. I don't know what's going on in the National Hockey League. Uh, In football, I know where certain players have gone. 
I know if they're starters or second string. I understand, and I know pretty much the culture behind most of the teams because I've listened, I've read, I've consumed. Um, and again, it's not always for you. There's a lot of things that are going on. I have the ability uh, to take some time and and spend that time. That's my hobby. That's what I like to do. So I kind of uh, really deep dive that, and um, you know, I play the GM role for fantasy football pretty well, and talking to other owners. So uh, it can get hard, uh, you know, when you're when you're not doing well, things are look ominous. If your if your sports team that you follow isn't doing well, uh, that's a hard thing to swallow. But then if your fantasy team on top of it isn't doing well, it makes fantasy football very difficult. So you you want to stay light and uh, on top of it, and you want to play um, with the intent to win. But the biggest takeaway is to have fun. So. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, for me, again, I draft sixth this year, directly smack dab in the middle on a snake draft. And I'm actually happy with it. You know, before if I got a sixth, seventh, or eighth pick, I was really aggravated because I kind of felt that I was away. But this year, I feel there's some tough decisions at the, you know, one through four spot. Um, we know the players that are going to be taken, but which one, are, you know, is going to go first? Uh, will it be a quarterback? Will it be a running back? Will it be a wide receiver? You just don't know. So I'm going to let these guys kind of fight it out, duel it out, and then I'm going to see the players that I think are going to be available for me in those spots. And if the player that I take in round one will dictate the strategy, if I have two or three or four um, different ways that I want to go down there, it's kind of like a, uh, a game of uh, Dragon's Lair, where if you press left, the story goes this way. If you press right, the story goes that way. Uh, so again, uh, you know, it could be where I take all quarterbacks. It could be all running backs, all wide receivers, or it could be one of each or two and two. It doesn't matter. As long as you know what you're doing and as long as you uh, have a strategy so that you know that you'll be ready for week one. I mean, and there are some owners that don't draft kickers in drafts. Week before the season is about to kick off, they uh, pick up via free agency a kicker. And that's okay too. There's no wrong way. The only thing that's wrong is if you don't put a lineup in and you give somebody an advantage. And from a commissioner standpoint, that's something that we have to monitor. And it's usually not a problem until like week four, five, and six. If a team is really, really tanked and, and done very poorly, they may not be putting a lineup in regularly. And if bye weeks start to hit and, you know, they're just busy with life or they just don't care, it's very dangerous. We don't want to give anybody an advantage over just because of lack of effort. So hopefully everybody will stay involved uh, in fantasy if you're doing well or not. Because again, you want the quality, no matter what, even if you're having a bad season, put in the best lineup that you possibly can. I know a lot of fantasy owners have put together a best ball league where it's kind of like a set it and forget it. I draft my team and the best players will, will give me the points. It's kind of cool. I kind of like it, but I like the idea of a GM saying, Hey, I'm going to start, you know, Barry Sanders, um, over Jonathan Taylor this week. And that's my decision and live by that decision. And if he doesn't do well, well, you were the GM. That was your call. That was your decision. But there's so many owners out there um, that just don't um, have that competitive spirit and they just, they don't do it. So again, trying to develop a strategy. 
look at the rules in your fantasy league. Make sure that you check what the point system is and what's available. Because again, I, I have a lot of owners that'll say, hey, Jay, I didn't really realize that there was this point system. And I really thought there was more points for the individual defensive positions. You have a league, whether it be ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, or Sleeper, or whatever. You have kind of a league constitution that kind of talks about the rules, the regulations, the schedules. And again, it's one of those things where we haven't, you know, we do the draft and then we develop the schedule. So, um, you know, it's, it's just the lack of, of looking into it. Take five minutes, grab a cup of coffee and go through your league, go through the rules, go through the point system so that you are not caught off guard. Because I don't know how many times an owner has said to me, I didn't know. The onus is on you. Okay. Raise your hand, ask questions, be on the message board, you know, fill out the polls, look at the rules, challenge, uh, you know, some things that you don't agree with, talk some smack, get some trades, do some free agency, be involved. There's nothing worse in a fantasy football league than owners that are just kind of breathing. That's it. They're just, they drafted their team and then they go, you know, into a hole and you don't see them until they're, they want to collect their money or until they feel they've been wronged. And someone says, well, I didn't know. And I thought this was this points and that points. Again, nothing's more frustrating to a commissioner in a league uh, than ignorance. So take the time to do that. Look at the roster limits. Look at the positions. Look at what is available. And again, when you draft your team and you don't like how you drafted your team, then be involved in the free agency. Call some other owners and trade with them, or at least attempt to trade. There's nothing better than a back and forth between two owners that are trying to get the best part of the deal. And think of it this way. Some of the best trades are good for both teams. There doesn't always have to be a winner that always doesn't have to be a loser. And I think a lot of people think that. They're like, I have to get one over on this owner. I have to have the best team. It's not true. You can have uh, something that actually helps both teams. It looks like you're deficient at the wide receiver position and, and I have a plethora, but I need a running back. Again, take a look at it, see what works and try to come up with the best answer. You'll be glad you did. The other thing is, don't take it personal. It's a league of fantasy players. You're a fantasy GM in a fictitious league, pretend GM type situation. Nothing in here is going to ruin your life. And if you, it's a pay league, which ours is, if you were afraid of losing the initial team payment to be in the league, you've already lost. I don't know how many people said, well, I, I'm losing $100. This is crazy. And they lose their mind. They stroke out. They, they just go crazy. If you were afraid to lose $100, then you shouldn't have joined the league. What's the worst that could possibly happen? You don't win? Again, I love bragging rights. Sure, money helps. Money makes things feel a lot better. But it's not the only reason why you play. You play it for the love of the game. Sunday mornings, 
you know, you turn on all the sports channels, you try to get as much information about late season uh, changes or who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup and trying to figure things out. And then you're putting together your lineup and you're talking to owners saying, oh, this is a big matchup between, you know, this owner and that owner. And I think he's going to go this way. That's what's fun about fantasy football is just talking and communicating and theorizing and making trades and free agent pickups. And, and then having a winning team, the bragging rights saying, hey, look, I knew more than you. I went into this and uh, I was better because of it. So again, can't wait for this Monday at 6.30, Monday, August 29th, for the Big Guns Fantasy Football Draft. And in our next episode, we'll talk a little bit about that draft, how it went, some of the ups and some of the downs, and uh, what we thought uh, some of these teams were up to and what they thought, uh, you know, what their thought process was. And uh, we'll go from there. Hope you like you. Hopefully you liked what you heard. If you did, hit that subscribe button. Talk to you later. See ya.